Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry Orr standing in for Vanessa, who's up in sunny Newcastle. And uh, Kevin's also away, so I'm just joined by the deadly duo. Well, they're the two that are in a plus so far for this national hunt season. That's Tony Calvin, who tipped up uh, Hardy Desoy last week. Tony, you're plus 168. Congratulations, you're leading the NAPS leaderboard. Well done. Yeah. And Thank with you. Dan as well, who's plus 72, Dan. Well done. Yeah, could have been better. I mean, me and Sandown don't, don't get on very well, do we? Remember the scene of up the straight, somehow getting out of a winning position against that Venetia horse. And I thought Grey Diamond was going to win the other day. But it, that's such his life. Pretty grim five minutes, actually, because then in turn, De Civilla was on, on the deck at the first as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we're, out, we're better. It's horrible when you do that. It's, it's the not knowing that kills you when they Yeah, fall. definitely. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, well, let's kick on. We've seven live, uh, seven live races, yeah, across Warwick and Kempton on ITV this weekend. Don't forget to like and subscribe our uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and please leave a comment. We like comments, uh, constructive comments. That is, isn't that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of those. I know. I like the abuse. Get laugh, the abuse yeah. coming in. Come on. As long as you're not being called really offensive words that begin with C and stuff. I mean, it's all fair game, isn't it? What clowns? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Calvin. Let's kick off the one fifty. Yeah. The one fifty in ha uh, the Hampton Novice Chase. It's a Grade Two, complete unknown for Paul Nichols. Six to five. Uh, outside of that, we've thirteen to eight. I'll let you pronounce that one. And the Gopher uh, for Gordon Elliott and Sam Ewing is a four to one chance. Only the four runners here. TC. What do you make of this? Uh, I hope you're not going to fall off your chairs here because there's a definite bet in this race. Normally, I don't go anywhere near uh, novice chases, let alone forerunner novice chases, but I can't understand the betting here. Now, tell me how the goffer can literally be a four to one third favourite in here. I would seriously have him in, yeah, I probably would have him in a seven to four favourite, to be honest with you. Now, the, um, Gordon Elliott's horses aren't in the greatest of Nick, and that is a slight concern. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Goffers' form entitles him to be favourite here, surely. Now, the Irish handicap has got him on a mark of 138, but the UK assessors got him on a mark of 146, which would have him as the highest-rated horse in here. Yet he's a 4-to-1 chance, and his form stacks up really well. I mean, his Furl's defeat of Churchstone Warrior uh, got franked when that uh, the runner-up ran a really good second to uh, Gayard de Minil in Grade 1 company next time. Um, and he ran okay as well next time when finishing second to hard door. Now, although he got chinned by 11 lengths, he was giving the winner four pounds and it was 36 lengths back to the third who went off at five to two after having run at punches down on the previous start. So, and considering hard doors probably going to line up in a grade three at punches down on Sunday, I think, I think the goffers form is on a different level to these. Now, I'm, I'm not going to not complete unknown at the top of the market at five to four, but he's far too short. I mean, there's a good Foss last win of 135, but even so. Um, but Gala Lato, who you remember, was a really big gamble last time. Um, but she jumped poorly. And she's got a five-pound penalty for that uh, that banger win in listed company. Uh, no, the golfer at four to one just looks plain wrong to me. And I literally would have him just slightly... Slightly favourite here, around about the seven to four two one mark. Okay, currently a four to one chance. Um, Dan, I know you always rate that EBF final form, and obviously that's complete unknown. Mm. 
Um, like Tony said, he, he didn't want much of a race in Fosselas. Nichols gives it a very favorable mention in his blog on betting.betfair. Just to mention as well, the, the offer this weekend on Betfair Sportsbook, bet £10 on horse racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on horse racing multiples on Saturday. But Dan, that EBF final form always seems to work out, doesn't it? And I, I suppose it's more on that that he's a six to five favourite complete on Yeah, and stable as well, I suppose. I mean, it just it justifies its status as a race for future chases every year. It, it produces loads of them. But I'm with Tony here and I'm sort of I'm sort of saying it through gritted teeth because I I sort of feel that four to one's a bit fictitious. I can't imagine we'll be looking at that on, on race time. Um to be fair, Bam, I mean, it's there's a nice two in the place and the four to one's a general price. So yeah. everyone seems to have come to, I know it's kind of like groupthink maybe, but everyone's come to the same conclusion. I think it's the wrong one, but the four is a genuine price. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about being assessed at VSP and what price it might be then, because I agree with you. I think, I'm not saying he's mixed it with the top Irish novices, but that Mullins thing that you mentioned, who beat him last time, looks really exciting. My, my concern with both him and Complete Unknown is the track, because I know Complete Unknown's up in trip, but he took, he was under... The pump a fair way out at Foslas. He responded really well, but it was only near the finish that he got on top. It's not a sort of track this where you you can sort of have any lapses like that. And the Goffers jumping, watching back the three runs, he's a bit slow and ponderous, but he just looks like a staying chaser. And he's trying three miles the first time. And as Tony says, give me that photo on now if we could be assessed at that current um, price rather than BSP, then undoubtedly I'm with the Goffer. And I will be so anyway. I do think he's the wrong price. Uh, we yeah. kick off with a bit of harmony in the camp. That's good to see. We'll go on to the second race, the 225. It's the Ballymore Leamington Novices Hurl. It's a grade two over two mile five. Knowsley Road for, again, the yard of Paul Nichols is your favourite at three to one. 130 snake rolls, seven to two. Grey Dawning and it's 7-2 Ginny's Destiny it's 13-2 Bardem very little between any of these at the top of the market really it's a hard race to assess any of them could take a big step forward but how are you seeing this Dan? Uh, well I want to think is a wrong price in terms of two shot is Snake Row I think he's in deeper here after two wins I was really impressed with a horse from a stable who won this with Adramel two years ago he's a different type Adramel a thorough stayer I thought Ginny's Destiny was really really good over course and distance last time they made him favourite to beat Mexico at Aintree when they met first time up, and he just wasn't sort of street smart enough. He then took a huge step forward. It was a well-run race, thanks to Luckaway. He'd won the Aintree bumper. Um, there were previous winners. Five of them had won bumpers in that race. They went a proper gallop. He cut through the field really impressively. His jumping was way sharper. And for him to get to the front on the bridle, I thought was very striking. And ordinarily... I mean, stable form's been a bit quiet. They've not had a winner since Boxing Day. And slight concern we haven't seen him since. But I've not heard either way. I'm, I, there's a chance that they've just decided, well, we know he's effective over that C&D. We'll wait for Warwick. But he was really impressive. And I'd make him favourite on that basis. Another thing to note, Nosley Road's been going from the front. Snake Roll's been going from the front. And so has Gavega. Admittedly, it's never you can never be dead sure with young horses whether they will maintain those patterns as they go up in grade. They're often just making the running because they're significantly better than the opposition. But if those three get hooked up, I can see Ginny's destiny really flourishing again. Yeah, I definitely have him favourite based on the impression created there. Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about Tom Lacey's stable form. They were all rags, everything he's ran since the Yeah, most are big prices. That's fair comment. 66 to 1. TC, how are you reading this? It's only the seven runners, unfortunately, for each way backers. Yeah, um, 
Well, we should mention the going at, at Warwick. I mean, Warwick is currently recording this at three o'clock on, on Thursday. Uh, going at Warwick is currently heavy, soft in places. Now, they haven't got much around on Thursday and Friday looks dry. But, you know, they can't, they, they forecast 10 million upwards on Saturday, throughout Saturday. So it's going to be, it could even be borderline kind of like raceable if they get a little bit more than forecast. Just on, on that race, obviously it's a different day. But when I was there on New Year's Eve, they were calling it soft, I think. And horses by the bumper were finishing absolutely legless. Mm. And the paddock was saturated. It's one of those that I can't imagine it will take much for them to be. If you have a look, at going, I know a lot of people don't put a lot of store in them, but have a look at the going stick readings at six o'clock on Thursday morning. They're pretty bloody deep already. So yeah, I I think I think the ground's going to be a massive leveler here. Um, and with that in mind, I backed the outsider of the seven Mexico at twenty five to one. Uh, that's a that's the uh, price from the sports book. That's the that's the um, the price pretty much across the board, and I just think he's the wrong price now. Um, you know, the, there's seven in here. Obviously, they're all last time out winners, and the ratings. I think the, the ratings doesn't suggest the Mexico's a twenty five to one chance in here at all. I mean, the ratings. Admittedly, he's the lowest on one hundred twenty five, but the highest rated in here is only one hundred thirty three. So there's nothing in here. They're all progressive horses. They're all they're all you know that. You know they can they they can and they will improve on their current marks. And Mexico looks to me like prime conditions for this kind of horse. Now he's raced twice on heavy ground, a win and a next second in in bumper company. Um, and go and have a look at his his Catterick win. Uh, when he beat uh, nothing to ask, he's won three or four times since. He's just a real grinder. So I think I think really conditions will really play to his strengths. Now obviously he was like brushed aside by Ginny's destiny. Uh, a couple of starts ago, but you had going to have again. Go and have a look at that race. He was under the pump from a some way out, and he just kept on finding and kept on finding. And although the winner won with his head in his chest, beating him by nine odd lengths, I like the way he stuck on there. And I think it's much much deeper ground will play to his strengths. Um, the stable are in really good form. They've had three recent winners, and they've had a, a, a quite a few placed efforts as well. And Stuart Edmonds is always a, a yard I've got a lot of time for. And they also had Gentleman at Arms, um, who was second in this race last year. So, yeah, I'm really quite keen on Mexico. I've, I've, I've had a good go at 25s already. And he's the kind of horse that could be 50 come the off in a in a win-only kind of like a shape of a race on the exchange as well. So Mexico at 25s, and I'll probably press him up as he drifts uh, throughout Saturday. Okay, fair enough. After the harmony in the... The first race that we spoke about, it's you're going up against Dan with a horse that Dan's selection beat eight and a half lengths last day. So same farm line, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> same, yeah, farm, line, same yeah. farm line. And obviously, um, the 25 to one chance Mexico did have Jenny's Destiny behind it uh, on much better ground, admittedly, uh, eight entry previously. So there's one all at the moment. Hopefully, Mexico can make it 2 1 uh, a massive price. <laughs> Excellent. What do you think? <laughs> oh, don't, don't, no, no, no. So I'll, I'll track that. There's any hint of any footy talk there. Well, another thing you probably don't like is rugby league, and Nosley Road is the home ground of St. Helens, isn't Helen, it? Yeah, I mean, I, there was a time when I used to bet on every single rugby match, union or league, in running. About a couple of that, was, uh, that was probably from about 2006 to 2010. What, trading yeah. the draw? Playing the draw or just, just trading it and running. I always used to keep the draw on side by laying the two teams around about the 100% mark. So anything on the draw was was a massive green. But, 
Yeah, I, there was a t- then. Then I, I think in 2010, I got a life and stopped watching rugby. <laughs> Literally, because obviously they there was there was Super League on Friday night, uh, and there was Saturday used to start at six o'clock on the um, on the on the Super Rugby Down Under, and then it finished on Sunday night on Rugby League, didn't it? Around they used to have a six o'clock match. The Catalans yeah. game. I, I literally used to trade about probably about 15, 20 rugby matches. Well, let's bring it back to racing. The, the <laughs> Warwick Classic Chase at three o'clock, three, three mile five, four places, additional place here on the Betfair Sportsbook. Mr. Incredible in the colours of Paul Byrne with Willie Mullins. Now, Brian Hayes rides it. Was around a 10 to 1 chance in the anti post markets, five to 1 favourite at the moment. There's only a half a point. In it between him and three under true five, Paul Nichols uh, trained three under true five. Who didn't get further than the first fence in the Carl Gold Cup. Grumpy Charlie, an improver, is in there at eight to one, along with Gumpton Collinage. Uh, same price. I'll do it. Lord Dumasnil is an eight to one chance. Nine to one. Nestor Park. Whole host of horses in there. Nothing really being back so far in the race, despite the additional places. Uh, TC, I'll come to you to start off here. Tight enough at the top of the head of the market. They can't really separate Mr. Incredible and 300 True 5. No, um, wouldn't be anywhere near uh, Willie Mullins' horse at 5-1. to one. I know he went off 7-1 to one in the Paddy Power and he's got the owner connections and he's got Willie. As, Willie's, you don't really associate him with having handicapped chase winners over here, but uh, Dad's lad won at Cheltenham earlier in this season, didn't it? So, yeah, I mean, you can see that's the kind of horse that bookmakers will, will run scared of and... I think they were running scared and then some at five to one. The one I backed on and put up on Tuesday on betting.betfair was Nestor Park at 11 to one. Um, and I still think he's the bet at nine to one each way, four places now. Um, missed his intended, intended ga- engagements over Christmas when he had uh, slightly puffy joints, according to Ben Pauling. Um, but that might be a blessing in disguise. He's He's had a decent break. Uh, since a good third at uh, Haydock uh, in November. Um, and that was actually quite a good run because he likes to race prominently, this horse. I know there are loads of prominent races in here, uh, but he made a really bad mistake at the first day. So he's ne- he was never a- able to get to the front and get into a rhythm as he likes to do. So I'd mark that Haydock third up quite uh, slightly. Uh, he's got he's one at the course. Deep ground is is what he wants. He's, he, you know, he's, he's really good in soft ground, but the only time he's run on heavy ground, he finished a good second to Lieutenant Rocco at Foss Lass when, you know, it gets really heavy there. You know, he's a 10-year-old. He's got no real secrets from the handicapper, but I think a mark of 135 with conditions going to be ideal for him. I think Nesta Park, extra place for the sports book, four places, nine to one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be confident that's going to give you a really good each-way run for your money. It's Obviously, it's a very tricky race, but... No, Nesta Park for me. Oh, they also they also had Slipway in here at the five day stage, and that one was second favourite. And they seem to have relied on this one over over that one. Interesting, yeah. He he, he pulled up on good ground in Warwick as well, but he's also won there, obviously, like you say. Uh, Dan, I was giving Grumpy Charlie a chance. It was the yard's first winner since May when he won the Mandarin in um, Newbury just a couple of weeks ago. He's an eight to one chance. Uh, you giving him any uh, life at all? Yeah, as I, as I said when putting him up for that Newbury race, that I've always thought of him as a real stayer. So I don't think going up in trip is any concern at all. Really, I think he'll run well. Um, I like a couple. Now I got ripped rightly so, but during and after for putting up three, 
none of which that, none of which it's hard triggered. enough for a fella to have a fiver on one of your tips never mind three of them what are you asking <laughs> our listening public to do um just back to this time um <laughs> when we think of heavy ground and we we think of lord de Manille, we normally think of it as Haydock, don't yeah. we but yeah. um i really liked how he shaped at banger uh, ironically probably a poor use of ironic as as there always are um he was supposed to go to Chepstow and didn't because they didn't think it would be testing enough. And then on the day, it was absolutely bottomless because they had rain. Um, so maybe it's once bitten, twice shy, but I'm sure they'll go for this. As Tony said, the ground is going to be really bad. He just shaped really well. It was a race won by Lemilos, who went on to win the old Hennessy. You had him being ridden far more patiently than normal. He was still like about eighth, seventh or eighth, four out with his rider yet to ask him. And then he ran on steadily into second in the straight without being given an unduly hard time. It it definitely looked like a sighter for something else. And it was supposed to be Welsh National, but it's here instead. He's a thorough stayer, out and out mudlark, as we know. I think he's on a good mark and I think he's interesting. He's not, it's not a race I normally like a hold up horse in for some reason, because just because of Warwick doesn't really lend itself. You've got to work your way through all those runners, but they're only 14 this time around. And they may, that may reduce slightly if there's any non-runners. So, I'm not sure tactics will be as big an issue. And the other one I like is the horse you gave us a French lesson on the bars. I'm not sure what you call Guetta Pancalange, but it was a good effort. Is <laughs> 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 him. Um, so it's a French doubleheader. He's just a progressive horse who's out of a Dom Alco mare. They tend to stay all day. He's sort of been kept low-key so far, but he essentially won with loads in hand, and it wasn't much of a race at Warwick last time, but he won with loads in hand. John Joe was holding together, trying to win by as little distance as possible, probably. And I thought he was a second dart for the same jockey who steered Kimberlite Candy to success in this race two or three years ago now, under what I'm anticipating will be a similar ride, track the pace, kick for home. Yeah, Richie McLernan taking the mint there. So uh, two for Dan and Nestor Park. For TC, Lord Du Mesnil, I'd expect to see him what the the, the Grand National Trial maybe in February. Yeah, Nadok Park again after this if he skips to Peter. Martin. But this is what this is. Let's just check the value of this. This is a hundred grand race. Jesus Christ! I mean, they're not going to have him short for it, are they? They're not going to have Haydock in mind when they can win this potentially. Yeah. Again, he's another one with no secrets from the handicapper as well. The three thirty-five is the per temps uh, handicap hurl qualifier. It only attracts nine runners. It never really gets a massive field, this, does it, Dan? So no. really squeaked into fourth spot in it last year. I seem to remember he's an eight to one chance. Ashton Lad's your favorite at 11 to four. The bomber list and named after the great Kerry footballer is a four to one chance. Six to one, Glimpse of Gala. Five to one, Ronald Pump. 80 to two, sorry to Brule. Uh, or no, eight sorry to Brule. Seven to one, Parry Color. How are you looking at this, Dan? I think this was a comedy, not bad beat story, but I remember putting up rigs in this race last year. And that was when you could, was it first six, first six to qualify in those days? Now it's first four. And he managed to pull up, so he didn't even qualify for the final in a seven-runner race. Um, I think this is going to be a real slog. Um, of course, you start with Ashtown Lad, and I think he's a deserving favourite on the basis of he shaped well in what was probably an even stronger, well, I think it was a stronger attempt qualifier at uh, Aintree prior to going and winning um, over the national fences. He's back off 135. Bottom way in the attempt final last season was 135. So I reckon for security, they'll want to get him up. They'll probably go for the final and they'll likely have grand national aspirations if they can trust his stamina after that. But 
He's priced slightly accordingly. And I think the bet in this is just about glimpse of Galler each way at seven to one. Yeah. Just a, a dour stayer. I mean, watch the Ascot race. Cocalico had beaten him the time be- beaten her the time before, went clear, and Glimpse of Gala just kept digging and digging. Ran a remarkable race at Warwick first time out this season, considering the trip. Dead effective around here. Stays all day. Soft ground's absolutely ideal for her. She's just she's definitely going to run well. And you've got the age-old concern in this is what's the sort of intentions with loads of these. Mo- the likes of Sayada Burley, surely he has the final in mind rather than the qualifier at Warwick. And you could probably say the same for Ronald Pump and God knows who's on the blind side. Yeah. Okay. Glimpse of Gala. TC, I think I heard you concurring there with um, with, with Dan. Is it because Bradley Roberts is good value for a seven-pound claim? <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing about him. Anybody who read TC's piece... care anyway, does he? Anybody who read TC's piece... You don't care anyway, do you? I'm betting that Betfair, he made a very valid point. He's yet to hear anybody say a seven-pound claimer is not valuable for his claim. No, Maxwell can't quite... claim elsewhere. No, no, no. It's funny <laughs> enough, I've, I've corrected that on um, in my oh. betting.betfair fix. I've just drafted for uh, for Saturday. I just said, uh, David Maxwell, we'll come on to him, but David Maxwell can't claim. On yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's definitely not valued for his three-pound <laughs> allowance, is he? So, um yeah, so I've put the record straight there. But no, uh, no, nothing about Bradley Roberts other than the fact that he rode Glimps of Gala, Kempton last time. Uh, so he's obviously capable of sorts. And yeah, I, I'm with Gant, uh, Dan. I mean, um, he's currently rated 128. I mean, you, you've had, you, you have got into recent attempts off a mark of 126 before, but normally 134, 135 is where you want to be to make sure you're relatively safe. And so they'll be looking for a win here. It's a career best last time. He's a course winner. He's a three-time winner on soft ground. This will be the deepest ground he's encountered. But, you know, he finished off well enough at Kempton last time. Career high mark, career best performance. Five-pound high is not that bad. Glimpse of Gala has been the one for money already. Uh, opened up at eight with a sports book, into sevens, into sixes. Uh, yeah, and I can see him getting getting short. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he went off around about a 92-5-1 shot. Yeah, very solid. As you said, I mean, these races are, you are, you know, sometimes you have to back a double to actually, you know, to you know to get the winner, don't you? But I don't think that's going to be there. It's a glimpse of Gala. Elliot's got two in here. He did have seven at the five-day stage. Um, and I was going to... Side of Berlay just running terribly as well, isn't he? I was, gonna, even... I was talking to one of your colleagues earlier, uh, earlier this morning, Dan. And I just said, with the UK handicapper supposedly having a rolling handle and racing all Irish races all the way through, why mm. do we have to go through this nonsense that Gordon Elliott has to declare seven for the attempts to get a handicap mark? Why can't, you know, in this day and age, why can't he just pick up the phone to the uh, English handicapper and say, just tell me what my horses are I, rated? To be honest, I think a lot off the record. I reckon a lot will. I'm sure a lot will. I mean, I could probably ring... Former colleagues just, of mine who worked there and asked, "Is it workload? Like yeah, if that was the case, you'd have every Irish trainer ringing up and saying, here, give us a like.' Give yeah, us a that's the thing because the focus in racing, isn't it, is that you're running Britain rather than British go to Ireland. It's a way bigger influx of horses going that way. It's like we we're in charge of the British horses. We don't need to be asking a lot of. We don't need to be taking care of queries from a lot of Irish trainers either. I suspect that's what they think." It just occurred to me because bookmakers, there's no point in pricing up this race early on in the week because nobody's going to have a bet because he's got seven of the 20 in there, Elliot. You know he's only going to run one or two. 
And wasn't that the suggestion with Gaelic Warrior as well for the Betfair hurdle? We don't know, do we? They they could, they, you know, if they've got a, if they got a rating for that Tremor and it's higher than 134, fine, tell us. But don't keep us in limbo for another week. And you know, up oh, until up until the January the 18th, they could go back and re-rate that again. They could have a second thought, mm. can't they? Now that they know he's entered, it's just it's just if if the UK have got marks for Irish horses, just tell us. Mm. Yeah. We won't know the Betfair waits, obviously, like Tony says, till the 18th, which is Wednesday next mm-hmm. week. You started the Warwick card off harmoniously and you've ended it in the same uh, sort of the same terms. Obviously, you've both picked the same horse, Glimpse of Gala, to round off the four races that we'll speak about in Warwick. So we'll kick on, guys, to uh, Kempton Park. Good card in Kempton Park. First of three races at half one. It's the handicapped chase over three miles. And Rillo having his second run after a wind up. A lot of people put put faith in that. You know, they think they don't like backing the first time out. Do either of you guys hold sway with that? No. No, I, ju- I don't I don't know enough about the technical side of it to bother. So I just judge each one on its merits. That tends to be my way to go. Now, everyone does trot. I think someone said it once and then people just like, occasionally pop up and say oh, oh i like it second time up and if you actually drilled if anybody said that to me i'd just say to them give me the stats give me the evidence yeah well anyway and rillo he fell into badger's beer um uh, in a, the race won by a stable mate frowed on again there's only seven runners here unfortunately but not a lot of uh, between the top of the market tile trapper uh, Tapper is a three to one chance. Same price for Anne Sam and Rillo is a seven to two chance. Nine to two Smarty Wild. It's thirteen to two Bar TC. I'll start with you here. What do you like? Um, I like Tile Tapper. When the prices come up this morning, I thought, yeah, that's the kind of horse I'm. I'm going to tip if it the nine to two loss. It hasn't um, all the way in. It's been chipped in about three times into freeze, and it's around about that price on the exchange. Maybe a little bit bigger, one hundred and thirty, but. I think that's pretty much about his price now. I'd like his two runs this season. Um, the second to shake him up, Harry, was a really good performance. A uh, good time figure there. And then he was only beaten by a very, very solid and probably improving yardstick in remastered over course and distance last time. He's only gone up two pounds for those two really good efforts against, against you know, two very decent horses. Um, yeah, so in very similar conditions here, uh, then I think he's probably the beat, and now he's favourite. I think I think the market's got him right, but nine to two was wrong. But you know that price is gone, so it doesn't need to me to tell you that. What we should say about the going at Kempton currently soft, like Warwick. They've got a dry day forecast for Friday, but the ten plus mil was arriving on Saturday, and although they they're saying in the BHA site it it, it walks better than it is likely to ride. I mean. If they again, if they get the 10 mil, then it's going to be verging on, on heavy. And you know, if they get any more, it's going to be you know, it's going to be quite attritional stuff, either and even at a course that drains quite well. But and again, you go go and have a look at the going stick readers at Kempton at the moment. They're suggesting it's soft and maybe then some already. And I'm not that far away from Kempton, it's been drizzling not too hard all day. So um, yeah, I'm working on the basis of soft stroke heavy at Kempton. Okay, Tal Tapper for TC. Dan, what are you liking? Yeah, as recently as Tuesday, Chris Honor was undecided where he was going to go because Tal Tapper was in the, the classic chase and he's a Molinus. And I've got this massive theory that they're all thorough stayers. I, I wish he'd have gone there, really. Um, 
And the fact is, as Tony's added, the price has gone slightly. I had this between two, but I've, I'd have had one shot on the other, and that was Ansam, who is just mustered in races like this around right-handed tracks. Look at Ascot, Kempton. He's a Ludlow winner. He tried to make all in a... And he nearly said Hennessy. I'd rather say Old Hennessy than mention other bookmakers, so I'll say Old Hennessy. <laughs> um, forced the gallop, and unsurprisingly, given the quality of that handicap, and after he jumped right, which he tends to do, he ended up fading into six. But it was a perfectly sound run. He's shown that all his powers are intact over hurdles in recent times as well, last season. But I think he's a better chaser. He's down to one three five, which I think is generous. And I don't see anything taking him on for the lead. I can just see him whizzing out in front and just not coming back around here. I had I had maybe uh, Honorillo question mark and percussion as maybe pace rivals there, but... I think the ground's probably going to go against Enrillo, who opened up at five to two favourite, but that's drifted out um, with the weather. I would have thought. But would you, Dan? You mentioned two there; they're both three to one. Would you have them? At, would you back them at effectively even money against the field? Those two or not? Yeah, but I'd probably make it maybe three quarters stake on on Ansam and a quarter stake on Tile Tapper at those prices because I'd be I'd be more like. Nine to four, three to one, and I say that whilst appreciating that there is a chance that Ansam drifts and just isn't in top form. But uh, this feels like D Day for him a bit. Back to Kempton, this, he tends to reserve his best for the likes of Kempton and Ascot. Yeah, right. Okay, Ansam for Dan and Tile uh, Tapper for TC. On to the two hundred five, the Sylvia Naka Conte Chase. Um, a two-time winner of the Beffer Chase, Sylvia Naka Conte, who it's named after Pick Dory. Is your favourite at six to four? He won the pendle last February. He's a course and distance winner. We've got Paint the Dream in there at five to two. Saint Calvados, uh, take it to the max. If Kevin Blake was here, that would be the cry. Is a seven to two chance, and it's eight to one bar. TC, I'm sure you'll be going against the jolly here. Um, it has got some form on heavy ground, but it's it's a good ground horse, Pictor, isn't he? Um, mm. showed that in the Peterborough Chase last time. Can see him drifting from that six to four. Um, paint the dream, the other market leader, around five to two. All his best forms come left-handed. Um, so I think you can legitimately take those two on. Unfortunately, if, you, if you're a sportsbook user, they, I think they've called it right by only going seven to two about St. Calvados. I think you'll get much bigger on the exchange. I think, you know, for the sake of openness, you can get 11 to two St. Calvados elsewhere and seven to two the sportsbook. But... You know, everyone decries bookmakers and say, oh, look, look, look at them. They're offering, you know, shite prices, 72. You know, the idea of bookmaking is to have an opinion and bet around that. So um, if you agree with the sports book, you can get bigger elsewhere. And I do think St. Calvin is, is probably the way to lean in here. Obviously, Hood first time after he ran away with uh, with David last time in a two-runner race. Should get a, should get a lead in here with the likes of Pick Dory. Um yeah, on back form, obviously third in the King George, fourth in the King George over course and distance, then he is the class angle in here. But Maxwell, you know, it could be a tactical race. Maxwell can't claim he's free. Yeah, if I could get five to one plus on the exchange, uh, I'd probably have a little tickle on St. Calvados, but I could probably leave this race alone because I, I do fancy quite a few in the seven races uh, on, on ITV and... You have to draw the line somewhere, and I'll probably sit this one out. But St. Calvados at 5-1-plus on the exchange win only if uh, you want an interest. 
Yeah, traded at twenty-five to one on before Cool Cody came to to Chinnam and Ascot that day. Yeah, that's not top of your proud bets list, is it? At the end of a year, you back one of his at twenty-five on him running. Twenty-five on him running. Watching the parade ring with Paul Nichols. Uh, that was <laughs> Chase Day. Uh, that was a yeah. Nichols run. must hate that also. Of people who ride it because he tore a strip one year off Gavin Sheehan, didn't he? For He's riding the King George. He, I don't think that, he had lost his ride on the King George. Uh, George horses that day, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. To be fair to Gavin, he's recovered. He's having a premature ejaculation coming around the final bend. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? I think we've got the title of the show anyway: ejaculation. Where that gets past the powers that be. Dan, what are you liking? Just the six runners, obviously. Yeah, the the point Tony makes about left-handed probably is valid for painting the dream, but there is a runner as a novice. I think he was third at Sandown. Yeah, not beaten, not beaten miles, but it was a good quality. I think it was a grade one novice. It might be the Henry sporting John, like wasn't it? Yeah, it was a sporting John novice. That's right. Um, so even that form probably at the time was probably up with what he was capable of. But I think he's a pretty interesting horse, isn't he? Because he has some quiet days, but when he wins, he tends to absolutely bolt up. He's got winning margins seven and a half, nine and a half, fifteen and fourteen, and he obliterated them the other day and. We mentioned premature ejaculation. If the same happens with St. Calvados and Pick Daw, he's keen to get on with it as normal, and Cool Cody wants to revert to the tactics that he's used, yeah. this could really play to the strengths of Paint the Dream if assuming the track is okay for him. We should mention Angel's Breath, it's a pretty good story. He's missed three years. There's been a bit of talk about him in the last month or so because he pitched up in the Ryanair and Gold Cup entries. Um and he obviously was a very promising horse, but I'd be I'd really struggle to back any horse that probably wasn't trained by Barney Curley off a layoff of that of that length. But it's just just think they they said they haven't taken him away for any race course gallops, but they're happy with him kind of thing. Mm, but yeah. he, 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 some one firm did actually open him up at sixteens on Thursday morning. That got taken, but. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have taken much money. And yeah, I'd half forgot about his existence. Then you feel a bit sorry because I mean, what a prospect he was, and then it all obviously in- injury intervened. Yeah, yeah. I thought the stable not having many runners either. On to the feature event, the big betting race of the day. Well, hopefully, the big betting race of the day. The Lanzarote hurdle over two mile five. Green Glory for Charles Burns is your favourite. A four to one here. He he won very snugly indeed in Leopardstown in a in a what's always a hot novice handicap hurl. Um, his son Philip, good value for his five pound claim. Outlaw hmm. Peter in there a five to one for Paul Nichols again a horse he gives a very favourable mention to in his blog which you can read on betting. Betfair Dubrovnik Harry for Harry Fry's an eight to one chance West Balboa been a little tickled for that so far is eight to one from ten to one Harbour Lake there's been a few quid for that that's uh, ten to one from fourteen to one and Hermes boy Jane Williams her horses are in good form is eleven to one from fourteen to one six places to each way punters here in the sports book TC I'll start with you yeah. uh, this is a race surely you pulled asunder and I had, yeah, have yeah. Um, the first thing to say is this is the deepest Lanzarote I've ever seen. It, it's at, you know, there's a reason why the sports were giving you six places. You probably need them here. I mean, I, I honestly went through this at the five day station again this morning on Thursday. I couldn't rule out one of finishing the first six. Normally, there's some you think no chance of finishing the first six. But I, I give the, I gave them all a chance of sorts. So it's very, uh, very hard to whittle down. But 
I would have tipped up Dubrovnik Harry on Tuesday, anti-post, uh, but the sportsbook ducked him at 10s when he was 16s and 40s elsewhere. And now I had a decision to make eights, but when he was eights, and obviously he's been back throughout the week. But you are getting six places now. And I really, I really do like this horse. I mean, um, he's got heavy ground form, um, very lightly raced. Um, they, they, obviously, they shelved chasing after he's made his fencing bow at Exeter in, in, in November. But we mentioned, we, he was referred to a horse we mentioned earlier, complete unknown in that EBF final. Now, I went back and had a look at that race a couple of times. And I think Sean Bowen gave it a really poor ride. Uh, he still finished third there. I mean, he was going well all the way around. And you know what it sounds like? It's sometimes hard to come back. And he just sat there and sat there, didn't make his move until uh, going to the last. Uh, and he just, and, the, and the, the front two just didn't come back to him. And he stuck on really well for third. But, you know, if he'd have made his move a hurdle or so earlier, he could have, he could have been bustling up that winner. Um so even that, so he is three pound higher, and I think the handicapper by raising a five pound for being being beaten four and a half lengths, the handicapper is probably in agreement with me that he should have gone a lot closer that day. Uh, it's a really strong race. The first two have won two or three races each since. Um, lightly raced, love the ground. Uh, yeah, I think there's more to come from Dubrovnik. Harry only having his fifth start over hurdles, six start in total. Yeah, to probably hey, eight to one, six places. Uh, I'd be really, really, really disappointed if he can't finish in the first six. For all I said, it's a really, really deep race. If you are back in the ones at the top of the market, um, you know, Green Glory is effectively sixteen pound higher uh, than when when winning, uh, landing a gamble at punches down. That may be a bit disingenuous because obviously Irish and English marks are different, but the English handicap, he went at £10 for a length win and the handi- UK handicap has given him an extra £6. I think Outlaw Pete was probably the best handicapped horse in the race at 130 but even though he finished second in a bumper on heavy ground for Shark Hanlon, I'd be worried about the grounds for Outlaw Peter. For all, I think he is the best handicapped horse, but no, Dubrovnik Harry for me, 8-1 to one each way, six places. Okay. Dan, what do you like him? I'm approaching it similar in the sense that I think you want to probably be betting each way because it's really it's a hard race to cop a winner of, but you've got the extra places. One of those races where you get down to like the 13th and 14th on the race card and you've already found four or five interesting horses and then they keep coming. You're half expecting those at the bottom might be able to put a line through, but it's red hot at the prices. Quinta de Mar at 16s, I thought was fairly solid. He's... He's kept lesser company, but he would have been placed in this race last season off a similar mark had he not crashed out at the last. That was won by Cobbler's Dream. He's much better off with that horse who's tried chasing since and it hasn't really worked out. And other thing to note is that defeat of Irish Hill. He wore him down at Fontwell in a close finish. Irish Hill's won his next two for Nichols, including in really impressive fashion when I was at Fakenham the other week. He he blew that race apart a, a long way out and it probably speaks well of Quinta de Mar that was able to beat him and uh, having heard of something with Ben Paul and earlier in the week, it seems that the absence is intentional. They've, they've saved him for this race. Yeah. Okay. I, in fact, he, he was literally, he was literally the second horse I was going to put up, but I'm a little bit worried that two mile five in, in, in quite deep ground might just find out his stamina. I think he, yeah, and that- he beat him third last year. And you go back, obviously the Fontwell was extended two mile one. Mm-hmm. I think he's really well handicapped, but, 
I'm just worried about him flaking away a bit late on. But yeah, yeah that, I, I that's not ideal for the each way part either, really, is it? In hindsight, you you don't really want to be sticking up potential non-stayers each way. But I'll give him a chance. Anyway. It's a dilemma because obviously there's such a deep race. Whether you just this is the kind of race, and still instead of backing two each way, there is an argument for backing four win only. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm mean. worried for Dan there. You feeling okay, Dan? I thought you just the one. Yeah, just the yeah, one handicap like this, as competitive as it is. You scared I enough. Love, I love Harbour Lake as a horse. Petit Tonnerre is uh, one who my my paddock musings that Tony Soul loves would be a he'd be a nine out of ten on looks. <laughs> He's right. Does up that make him look run condition. faster. Yeah. He's right up there with it. Doing all right so far. I tell you what. I tell you what. There's loads in here. I mean, Hermes Boy down the bottom of the weights. Uh, Barry mentioned that Jane Williams' horse is in really good form. I can see that really stepping up, and that was 33 zone in a week, and that's been backed all throughout Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon into 14s. It's just a ridiculously deep race. This is, you know, this is these are the kind of races you want for 100 grand, isn't it? But yeah, 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 it is. It's a it's a really really smart race. So guys, all that's left then just naps. Dan, I'll start with you. You're second in the leaderboard in the naps table, so I think it's only right I start with you. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I don't think this will get me a pass, Tony, even if he backs the loser, but I'll go with Ginny's Destiny, 225 Warwick. And I wouldn't often at all go with a horse in a novice hurdle, but I've got a fairly strong view on him. Okay, good to hear. I like that. I like that certainty that you delivered that with, Dan. Thank you. TC? If you can get fours, the goffer, or if you can get threes, the goffer, that's the bet. But I'm going to go head-to-head with Dan because... I think he's gonna. I think he's the kind of horse that could drift, and we settle up better for SP. So I'm going to go Mexico in the same race. Mexico for TC. Mexico against Dan's Ginny. Are both Destiny. wearing black, betting in the same race, agreeing <laughs> far more often than normal. You, you topped and tailed the card in Warwick. See what happens when you don't have the others in beautiful there. Thing. A beautiful thing. I just like totally. this harmony. This could be something new for the show without Kevin and Vanessa. Just this, <laughs> there's a lot of good energy on the show. We'll wait the comments for that, Baz, before we decide. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just to remind everyone, the offer this weekend on the Betfair Sportsbook on Saturday, bet 10 on horse racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on horse racing multiples. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and please leave a comment. We do read them. Everyone reads them. Well, I don't think TC reads them, but... I read them and uh, it's helped us improve the show, of course. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Vanessa will be back with Kevin. You'll be glad to hear for Monday's Weighed In. We'll be recording a little bit later on Monday. I think we're recording at three o'clock. So that's going to be a little bit out a little bit later on Monday, early evening. So look forward to that. In the meantime, please gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend to everyone. And we'll chat again on Monday. Lads, thanks very much for your involvement. Top bombing as ever. Fingers crossed everyone has a great weekend. Bye.